previously on the prompt. Yeah, you don't like you don't like cradle your iMac in your arms and move it. Yeah, you you don't you don't want to hug your iMac and and move it around. Welcome to the prompt, a weekly panel discussion on technology and the culture surrounding Apple and related companies. Today is July tenth, two thousand and thirteen. Welcome to the prompt. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined today by Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hi, Stephen. Hello, Michael. How are you? I'm a little lonely. Why is that? Because our our good friend Federico is off handling some uh, special family business. Just also special business of which he is the vice president of. So he's doing vice presidential things, but never fear, the prompt will uh, carry on. We have a very big show this week. Yeah, we have our first correspondent later on in the show today. We but we're not going to ruin it unless oh. you look at the show notes. In yes. In case you already know that it's Sean Blanc. Oh. Oh. Sean Blanc's on the show coming up talking about cameras, talking about uh, photo workflows and tools, and applications, JPEG extensions. But we have some things to talk, just the two of us first. Uh, do you have something you need to, like, am I about to get told off or something? No. Okay. Let's we're, bre- we're breaking up. <laughs> oh, no, not again. <laughs> uh, so, it, uh, really, I just want to talk about, you had a very interesting week, big week uh, for you. Um, was it yesterday? Yesterday? Tuesday? What? You had your government probing. No, it was today. Oh, it was the, I don't know what day it is anymore. Wednesday. Um, so uh, Mr. Hurley went to London mm-hmm. and spoke to the government. I, I actually did do that. How was it? <laughs> it so was, t- tell us about it. I haven't even heard. I, I'm, are you okay? Did they probe you? Um, so I wasn't sure if I was ne- going to talk about it initially, but then the government account, like the account that run is, is this department tweeted that I was there. So I was like, okay, I'll talk about it now. So, a couple of weeks ago, I was invited by the, there's a department in our government called Business Innovation and Skills. That doesn't sound like a real thing. It's apparently a real thing. Did you have to go underground? Um, no. It was a government building. It wasn't like, I wasn't, I wasn't like literally in the Houses of Parliament. Because there's, basically in Westminster where government is, um, there are many, 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 many buildings. So basically, most of Westminster is government buildings of some kind. So a lot of these buildings are known as Whitehall. They're like where all the ministerial buildings are. But then you have other buildings like the BIS building, where I was today, which is a part of... It's like a government-run body. So this is like the BIS, they they look at the government's online stuff. So they, they help with, um, they help like ministerial bodies. There's probably a better <laughs> word for that. Um, set up like pages on the government website and they do like um, outreach, like blogger outreach and stuff. And they handle all the Twitter accounts and all of that. So that, you know, you can, they are basically the type of, entity that would want to talk to somebody like me because you're a famous uh podcaster yeah so they invited me down um today to participate in a lunch session just to talk about podcasting and and what i do so were you there with other podcasters no it's just me 
So it was a luncheon with you and some government, internet, social type people. Exactly. Did they serve, uh, was it a good meal? Was it kind of cruddy? Oh, it was lunchtime. It wasn't lunch. Oh, wow. It was just You should pay pay more taxes. I did get taken to lunch by the person that invited me afterwards, though, so that was fine. I would say that works. That what? Yeah, it, and it was a pub lunch, so even better. So you got drunk on the government dime. Um, I had a I had a pint on the government dime. Wow, well, that's something to think about. Um, and it was a it was a very fun day. So, so does the government want a podcast? Like they actually have some. I found out today. Um, huh. but they, Are they beating us in the iTunes ranking? No, they're nowhere near us. Um, they're not. They don't. They don't really publish very well to schedules and stuff, like which was one of the things that I told them that they needed to do. Yeah, um, stick to a schedule, or you don't record your show. Um, and, but they were just genuinely interested. Like a, a bunch of the people that came down, like they were coming down from all different parts of the government. Like there was about ten or fifteen people who came, and wow. I kind of told them who I was and what I did, and then people just asked me questions for like forty-five minutes. Were you on a stage? No, it was just sort of like a round in a like a. Just, did it was did like you a have a microphone? microphone? Nope. Did everybody else have a microphone? Yes. No, mm. no, there were no microphones. It was just in like a, a room, like we were just all sort of sitting around a, a table. Were there dudes in black suits with little earpieces around the doors? No. I don't think you spoke to the government. <laughs> I spoke to somebody who said they were the government. <laughs> that's that's close enough. No, that's really it's it's really interesting to me. Like, um. And not we're not going to be political here, but I think it's hard to argue that the, both Obama campaigns did a, a pretty decent job at like social media interaction. They had good looking websites, good looking iPhone app, um, and it's becoming a bigger part of like the political world. Like you have to meet people where they are, and people are on Twitter all day, uh, or on Facebook, or um, you know, whatever, like Instagram. Um, I, I just find that very interesting because like. At least I think when I think of the government, I think of like an entity that maybe doesn't move very quickly, not very nimble. And so I think it's it's pretty cool, like genuinely. Like uh, I think it's something. I'm still a little confused what they would podcast about, but I think it's I think it's interesting. So I was telling them what they could podcast about. So like, what I was saying to them was so there will be like government run initiatives for like health, like we do that here. So like promoting healthy living and healthy eating and things like that. So. They produce booklets and guides and things. Well, so you could you could make podcasts out of those things. So you could have like a run of twenty episodes, which are about just your different tips. You're, interviews. You're, you're trying to sell the government your idea on short run podcasting. Yeah, like that's been your idea for. I mean, and other people have done it. Neutral, you mm-hmm. know, the car show did it. But basically, you're saying they need to hire Casey Liss. I quite I, I tried to to get him involved, but he's really tall. And handsome. He's very handsome. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're making him feel uncomfortable right now. <laughs> no, he likes it. He does. I mean, that's 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 really cool. And uh, so, do you think you'll you'll go back? Do you think you're going to become a government podcaster? Is Five by Five going to pivot into running the United Kingdom? Yes, but that's a that's a whole totally different thing that we don't need to get into right now. But no, I would go back to them. I I'm not interested in podcasting on behalf of the government. No, um. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a good, a good idea. No, but if I they would, have, if they need any intro music, though, send them my way. I'm really good at making techno music in GarageBand. That's definitely what that is the niche that they're looking to serve. I spoke a lot about this show. Really? Yeah. 
You also spoke about this show on uh, the Menu Bar podcast. I did. So I listened to that last night, and I was doing some other things around the house. And I will admit I wasn't maybe not giving it my full attention. But you started talking about the prompt, and I was like, huh, I've heard of that show. Yeah. Nice guys. Nice guys. I really enjoyed the episode. Yeah, I had I had great fun doing it and uh Yeah, it was it was a it was a fun it was a fun time. They do have an SEO problem though. I could not find that website earlier. Well, it's because it is the menu bar is the name. And and you were right. So their artwork is really good. The, I'm I when I, I remember when I saw the name of their show, I was like, "Oh, damn you guys. That's a great name." But. It is, but you know, I mean, it's it's hard. Po- naming podcasts are hard. The prompt had like seventeen names before we landed on the prompt, yep. and every single one of us thought we cracked it like eight times. Yeah, and then we finally did. <laughs> but um, it was like, I've got a great idea, guys. I want to call it X, and they would be like, oh. uh, <laughs> and, and you're like, oh no, <laughs> not so much <laughs> that. I have a piece of follow up. Follow up. <laughs> Do was, you? It was sent to me by Twitter. Um, from at JMOVS. This is a video, and I've seen this video before. JMOVS. Um, JMOVS, yep. Um, Justin Schultz. Um, this video is possibly... It's a five-minute video, and it does the best job at explaining the difference between Great Britain, the UK, uh, and all of the other different variants of which we call it England and you know British Isles. I, I tried am- watching it. And, and then I fell. Then I fell asleep. It's you're you are a lying human because it is fun. It's a very fun, well put together video, and it's not as bad as Stephen puts I, out. I did not watch it, but I'm sending it to Instapaper right now. It's a it's a really fun video, and it does actually help. Um, so I, I you know, as I knew that I was British, this helps confirm <laughs> the fact that I now know that I am British. <laughs> Man. We should play the video in its entirety right now. Nope. I'm just kidding. That's you, bad no, because you need to see the diagrams. They create Venn diagrams and everything. Venn diagrams. So you were, on, you were on the menu bar. You were at the government. Uh, you apparently have been on Twitter at some point. You've had a busy week. I've had a really busy week. Yeah. It's, it's not over yet, though. It's not over yet. Um, because... It's now time for you to tell me about something that we like. I'll tell you. I won't just tell you about something that we like. I'm going to tell you about something that we love. Yeah. And that's Squarespace. So this show is, of course, brought to you by the fine people over at squarespace.com, the all-in-one platform that makes it easy to create your own website. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TALLYHO. No number, just TALLYHO. Squarespace is constantly updating their platform with new features, new designs, and even more great support. They have beautiful designs for you to start with and tons of style options for you to adjust so you can really create your own space online. Squarespace takes care of hosting, SEO, and even makes your site automatically look amazing on any device. It's incredibly easy to use, but if you need any help, Squarespace has an amazing support team that work 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. While you're there, make sure you go check out their new homepage too. It's got awesome videos that are so beautiful that show how Squarespace fits everyone differently. Make sure you click the little arrows that you'll find on the sides of the page as well so you can check out all of the different videos that Squarespace have put together, which really helps demonstrate um, how you can use Squarespace to create your own site. 
They're always updating their site with fun branding as well. You should check it out because I like it a lot. As we said earlier, you can try Squarespace for free with no credit card required. And if you decide to purchase, it starts at just $8 a month and includes a domain name if you sign up for one of their annual plans. But don't forget, to get 10% off and support the show, use the offer code TALLYHO at checkout. So go to Squarespace, everything that you need to create an exceptional website. Good stuff. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Their their homepage or design really is very handsome. I like it. I like I it do. an awful lot. I do too, and I don't always like fo- uh, like photo background web pages. I should know the name of that since I work for a web basically a company that builds the this internet. Isn't, this isn't just photo though, Stephen. This is photo and video. And, oh, it's so good. And it does the little, it just starts playing. I like it a lot. It's, they did a great job with that. We should video the prompt. Mm-mm. I'm recording myself right now. Nope. Just for future use, practicing my form. Okay. I don't. Okay. Are you Are you okay? No. <laughs> you had an exciting week. You went to the government. <laughs> we going back through this again. So, I'm just. What? How many more of these do you have to go to before we have the queen as a correspondent? She signed up. What would we talk to her about? She has a Kindle. She has an iPod. Apple gave her an iPod a couple years ago. Yeah, I wonder if she's upgraded that. It's like an iPod photo. I'm going to find, find that news story. Now. I'm also finding it too. Apple gives queen oh, lady it was, fancy iPod. It was Obama. Obama gave the queen an iPod. Yeah. He's killing it with the social media. Six things. gigabyte silver mini. Oh, no, wow. that's what she had. No, that was what she already had. And will, then, you, will you put this very important thing in the show notes? Yeah. Um iPod mini. Man, so uh, the iPod is still a thing, apparently, according to Apple's website. But we have other things to talk about besides me just rambling <laughs> into my microphone. Should we, uh, should we bring our guest in? Let's do it. Correspondence report. So this is a very special moment for the prompt. We have our first correspondent. So on the ground from Kansas City, it's Mr. Sean Blanc. Hello. <laughs> Sean is our uh, photography correspondent. Hi, Sean. Hey. It's a pleasure to have you here. I'm really, I'm, really pleased that, uh, I'm really pleased that we have our first correspondent, and I honestly could not think of a, of a, better, a better guy than Mr. Sean Blanc. Thanks. I'm glad to, to, to be the very first correspondent on the show and talk about photography with you guys. But from Kansas City. From Kansas City. Kansas City. Kansas City, Kansas City, Kansas. Actually, I'm Missouri. 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 Sorry, I only know that because I get a piece of mail from you once a month, and it's from it's, it's got Missouri on it. Missouri is that? Is that? Do some people call it Missouri? Uh, yes. How do you know that? <laughs> you would be surprised how much American culture just seeps out. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know anything about where you live or like no. what's near you. I no. mean, well, Missouri. People from Tennessee call it Missouri. I think people that call it Missouri. Like it's you know supposed to be like some this affectionate nickname, but it's just a, an, an annoying mispronunciation. So Mazara for the for the one person who is who's lived under a rock for the last seven years, Sean. Who are you, and what do you like to be known for? I like to be known for my snowboarding chops and your black belt in karate. Yes, 
Uh, I have a website at SeanBlanc.net where I write about tech stuff and design stuff. Um, not a lot of people do that. Well, they weren't doing it when I started, but you know now everyone's caught on. Um, so I, I do that full time and, and then take pictures into the microphone on the side. Yeah, no, that was. Um, I think that's a really uh, good place to wrap it up. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we wanted you on, um, yeah, because you're just awesome and we like talking to you. Um, but you wrote a review in. You posted this in what in April of the the camera. Yes. Uh, yeah, probably. Yes, April fifth. Here it is, right here in the browser. Um, the browser. The Olymp- that's not true. The Olympus. E P L five, you don't pronounce the dash, do you? I don't pronounce the dash. I do not. The E P L five, the M, the E M E M five, the the E P five. If you were pronouncing dash, you'd, you'd have a lot more. Yeah, their naming. Well, so we, conven- we pronounce the dot. Yeah, www dot net. Exactly. So net. Um, it's, it's we should just get together and decide this as a as a human race what we're gonna do. <laughs> So, uh, your review, uh, you, and you were actually on the uh, the five twelve podcast talking about this. So this might be a little bit of a rehash for some people, but um, uh, you bought this camera, and you actually bought it, and then like had it. You had it for like six months or something before you published your review, right? Which is yeah, really I bought cool. it in I bought it in early November before Thanksgiving, pretty much right when it became available in the United States. I was probably one of the very first people that. Yeah, I mean, all these, like, tech bloggers that do photography blogs, so f- photo bloggers, I guess it would actually be what they are. Some of them got one, um, and, like, Olympus had some, some people, like, in Malaysia and Japan that got some. Uh, but here in the United States, like, I I kind of think I was the first person to actually get one, or one of the very first people to get one. I bought it right when it came out, um, and then I wanted to have it for a while. It was my first legitimate camera. The EPL5 is a micro four-thirds uh, you know, so mirrorless camera, if people are familiar with that. Uh, it's got the interchangeable lenses and things like that. And this was my very first, like, bona fide camera other than my iPhone, pretty much. And so I was learning a lot about, because you can set the, the aperture mode and, and manual and shutter priority and all this stuff. And there's a lot to learn about, you know, post-processing and taking pictures and all of this that I just didn't really know very much about. And so I wanted to wait until I was at least a little bit familiar with some of the terms and was kind of familiar with the camera. And it's, it's one thing to get a new toy and be like, Oh, it's so awesome. It's so awesome. But to say, Hey, I've been using it, you know, pretty much every day I went through the holidays with my family. My, my kid turned one. I had it during that time. I've gone out, you know, went through fall, winter, it's now spring and kind of like used it through like a pretty wide gamut range of life. If you're going to drop some money on a camera, like, am I actually still using it? Am I actually still enjoying it? So I kind of wanted to wait. Um, and and reach that point before I wrote the review, um, just to, so that wasn't just a, a review of a new gadget, something that's cool and hip, but it was actually going. You know what? Like, I really enjoy taking photos. I like having this nice camera. You know, it's been six or seven months, and I'm still very satisfied. I'm I'm actually enjoying doing photography even more than I was when I first started. So that's and, how it kind of turned out. Yeah, and I like the way that you you opened your review. Um, Talking about looking uh, back through uh, pictures of your uh, son, and how you really weren't like in love with those photos, um, and how they look good on like a small screen, but you know, 
blown up even on a computer, let alone like printed, maybe they're not so great. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, you know, I find that really interesting. I went through a very similar thing. You know, my, my kids are a little bit older than yours. Um, but, uh, it, for me, you know, as my son was born, I was like, you know, then it was like the iPhone 3g or something. And, um, camera was like miserable compared to what the iPhone is today and I definitely with the same thing and ended up with the Canon G9 uh, which was a great camera I would still be using it actually if it if it hadn't died and it was going to be expensive to fix um, but I think it's a, like a, a real thing like there's so much more depth and and you can get images that are much more warm and lifelike in addition to just being like better files right like bigger better just images um, but it comes you know, it kind of comes with the price, right? You, you talked about some of that where, you know, you can put this thing in all these different modes and, like, you have to do, like, remember if aperture goes up or down and if that's bigger or smaller or faster or slower, you know, what what all those things mean and how it all interplays. Um, but but something I, I, I want to talk about, too, was there's, like, there's like, a de- like a technical debt when it comes to to these photos, right? Because, uh, you know, an uh, I mean, I don't know how big, off the top of my head, how big an image off an iPhone 5 is, but a raw image off your Olympus is a lot bigger. It's like, so mm-hmm. how, did, how are you managing, you know, and storing these photos and going through them? Well, I do everything. Um, so yeah, after I've, I've filled up an SD card on the, the, the Olympus, and I pull it out and put it in my MacBook Air, and then that opens up uh, Lightroom, uh, and then Lightroom 4. And uh, I've got some filters that I bought from uh, the visual supply company, Visco. Mm-hmm. And so they've got some, some of these, you know, uh, photo, you know, photo one and photo two, uh, some presets and whatnot that kind of mimic sort of the more of like the, the film. And so you get a little bit of the, you know, some, some faded, some stuff, some black and white stuff, some grainy stuff and whatnot. And uh, I really, really like those filters a lot. So Kind of what I've been doing is all um, so I'm kind of going half half workflow half storage here. Sorry if I'm, I'm no. Getting, I think it's all one thing. Us. I think it's all one thing. You know. I, I I agree. It's kind of like you. It starts when you click the the shutter button, and then it ends. For me, at least, it ends when I've not, then taken that picture and put it somewhere. I've I've either printed it out and hung it on my wall, or I've I've uploaded it to Flickr. Um, is those are kind of like the two spots where my photos go. And so, uh, so I put the, the SD card in, I open up Lightroom, um, and then I have like one of my favorite filters just kind of basically auto applies to the whole set. So as I'm importing them, they're getting uh, kind of these presets applied to them. Uh, and that's kind of my starting point. And then I'll just go through and sort of look at each photo. And uh, I, I learned this trick from Ben Brooks. He does uh, what's called, I can't remember, like a zero base uh, rating system. Where basically, um, if if a photo stinks, he just deletes it, and then so a lot of photos stay at you know a zero rating, and then you can rate these photos one, two, three, four, five stars uh, based on how much you like them. So then I'll go through and basically just kind of, you know, I like this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, and just kind of comb through, and then you can open up kind of like a, a quick collection or like a smart collection based on uh, you know how many stars you gave it and things like that. And uh, I'll pick out like the, the five or ten that are usually good. Out of like the hundred or two that I imported, I'm usually happy, uh, really, really happy with five or ten of them. And so I'll, I'll pull those out and then I'll spend time with each one kind of adjusting, you know, cropping it, rotating it, 
you know, adjusting with light balance. And, and I'm, I'm not very good with this stuff, so I'm still kind of relying heavily on some of the Visco presets. Uh, but I, I usually end up with something I'm very happy with. And then I'll export those, and then maybe one or two of them I'll print out through uh, the Shutterfly, I think, is the company. Yeah. And, uh, and they do, you can print 8x10s eight by, eight by for like two bucks. It's ridiculous. So uh, so we, we'll get four or five printouts uh, about once a month, and we've got some frames around the house that we bought at Target, and uh, you know just put those up, and then you know sw- it, they're easy swap frames and things like that. Um, and that's been really, really cool. It's just been really rewarding. So then, right now, everything's still in Lightroom. So I'm, um, so my Light Lightroom library exists on my MacBook Air, and uh, I, though I'm slowly running out of space, um, <laughs> my photo collection actually hasn't hasn't necessitated yet that it needs to be moved to an external drive or anything like that. Um, yeah, so, it's so getting you, there. You, so you've got all your photos with you on your, on your Air for now. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I haven't used Lightroom in a long time. Like, what are they? Are they up to version five now? Yeah, version yeah. five came out recently. So I, I, think, I think they're they're on like a, a version a year now. I think is yeah. It. I seem to think that three was like the last version I played with, but then it was kind of a little bit janky to like sync those photos to iOS. And so, is, has that workflow gotten better, or do you just not sync any photos to your iPhone? Or I just don't sync. Yeah, I don't sync to my iPhone. Um, so I put my my favorites up on on Flickr, and so I, you know I could launch the Flickr app and and view them through there, um, or some that I want on my iPhone. Like I don't know. I guess I don't I don't usually like launch my iPhone and like browse through photos. Hmm. Like I'm not. Um, I don't know. I, I guess if I if I wanted to share photos with people, they're I'll do a, a collection on Flickr, or I'll send out an email, and then I've then shared them with those people that that I wanted to share them with. Um, so I'm not usually like hanging out with my dad or something, and oh, you know, here let's you know look through the pictures on my iPhone. I don't usually do that. If I want a specific one of my kid, like as my wallpaper, then I'll, I'll drop it in Dropbox, and then yeah. uh, and then open it and save it to the camera roll, and then set it as my wallpaper, which is a little tedious, but I only do that you know once a month maybe. Right. Yeah, I actually have, um, uh, there, there'll be a, a link in the show notes. Um, I, I actually have moved to Dropbox for all of my photo storage. So I've got a, a pro account. And um, uh, actually, at this moment, my photo library folder is 74, 74 gigs uh, on my Dropbox. And that way, they're all available on iOS. But I, I still sync some. You know, iTunes will let you sync photos from iPhoto Aperture or like a, like a a just a folder structure. So there are a couple albums of like my kids and stuff that I do on there because I do like flipping through my phone looking at photos or like you know if if you know Josiah or Allison are upset about something you know okay like, hey, let's you know let's look at some photos from when you were baby like you know let's calm down you know and, and I'll 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 use that sometimes for that sort of thing and and both of us are doing this differently than Mike uh, Mike you shared with me recently <laughs> uh, kind of your photo storage slash workflow thing. And I think it's going to horrify a lot of people. Um, do you mind sharing that a little bit? There isn't really a lot to share. so That's um, what's horrifying about yeah. it. <laughs> if let me, let me just throw the nicer part in. So I have a, um, a Nikon D40X, um, which I've had for a few years. Um, it was just something that, I purchased um, with with a little money. I've only got like, the kit lens on it, 
it's you know I, I haven't put a lot of time into it but it was something that that I wanted to just get myself a nice camera that would last for a few years um, and it does the job so if there's like a a family event then I will uh, I will use that like you know it, for example my nephew's christening um, I I brought the the D40X and was able to take some some nice photos that you know were balanced correctly the light was good that sort of stuff um but my my typical uh, so then i will take those photos and put them into iphoto basically okay uh, as my storage and then we'll save them on my mac and i one of the only things in the world that i back up is photos and i actually do back those up to an external hard drive that's another that's another episode um, oh, your your backup strategy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna get to that in a future yeah, episode. Yeah, we're don't gonna doubt we're that. gonna we're gonna we're going to cure you of whatever it is that you have come down with. <laughs> a, a terrible, terrible illness that yeah. starts here. So, um, the rest of my photos are taken on my iPhone, and I save them in iCloud. Mm, what does what, that even mean? So they are backed like, up to iCloud. So, so you just keep them on your camera roll. That all my photos are in my camera roll. And they are backed up to iCloud every day. Mm-hmm. And that, Maybe. Well, and then they're also, I mean, through PhotoStream, they also end up on your Mac as well. Um, they or do you w- not have PhotoStream enabled? I do, but I never open iPhoto, so they never get, they never sync there. I don't think you actually have to open iPhoto for PhotoStream I, to sync. I don't I think know it syncs in the background. Big. Well, let me open iPhoto and see what's in there. So we can oh, find this out. And right there now. goes your Skype connection. Well, no, I'm, I'm doing it on another computer. Um, but yes, potentially my Skype connection could be destroyed. Uh, what have we got here? And PhotoStream. I've never heard of him. Yeah, so PhotoStream is a great way to transfer photos. You know, if you have iCloud and iPhoto and a Mac and all that stuff, it's a great way to transfer photos because you never like have to plug your phone in, right? They show up automatically in iPhoto, but because I'm not using it, I'm actually using Dropbox. Uh, the app has like a photo uploader built in and I have some hazel rules to move them around. Um, but if I'm, if I'm on my uh, Olympus, so I bought, I bought thanks to Sean, the exact same rig. Uh, Cause I, so I read your review and I, I was getting ready to go to Disney world with my family for a week. And like I wanted to buy a, a G nine was dead. Uh, I have a, an old uh, digital rebel, like one of the first, like the first or second one, and it's it's now kind of a piece of junk. And I was like, I want to buy a camera, but you know, I don't know. And then like your review came out, and I was like, well, crap! Like now I have to go buy exactly what Sean has, uh, and I love it. Um, and I do the same thing you do, like pull the SD card out, and you know, and, and just go from there. But uh, so it turns out I've never opened iPhoto on my Retina Max, so PhotoStream wasn't turned on. <laughs> <laughs> but so basically in a nutshell my photos are all on my iPhone that is the only place they they are and this is basically all of my pictures right Whether, I mean and not to judge well yes, you are judging you, me the whole I point you made me you. bring it up was so you could judge me um, but I, I mean I guess the, the point here is there's different solutions for different people and for different things like Sean your needs changed after you had your son and mm-hmm. they'll change again at some point in the future and you know Mike, I know you don't ever see your kids, so... Um. <laughs> People will believe you when you say things. I know. Michael doesn't have any children. But when you do, you'll buy an Olympus because that's what Sean picked up. I have... And I said this to Sean. I, I have got halfway through the review that he wrote and I had to stop reading it because I was going to buy a camera 
<laughs> and I, I can't really afford that right now. But I, I do, especially, it was really hard for me, like, to watch you guys in San Francisco. And Matt had, like, an any, a Sony NEX6. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're, yeah. you're all taking these incredible pictures um, and, like, putting them up on Flickr and stuff of, like, Alcatraz, which we went to visit. And I'm like, oh, I want to be able to take pictures like that. Hey, guys, look at me take this picture with my iPhone. So awesome. <laughs> look at me. We did all go to Alcatraz. That was a, mm-hmm. it was a fun day. The British, the British people in our group got very sunburned. Yep. That's how we roll. Sean, I have a question for you. Okay. Because you mentioned about, like, um, you wanted to make sure that you understood, like, photography features like F-stop and stuff like that um, and, and sort of how to use them. How, how did you learn what these terms were and how to, to effective, like, to use all this photography stuff? How did you I learn? Just, I, I, I kind of learned it just by immersing myself in it. So um, it started by, well, lots of text messages to our friend Ben Brooks who uh, knows quite a bit more about photography than I do. And I was like, <clears throat> you know, what's what's aperture? What's what's f-stop? You know, and yeah, I didn't realize those were basically the same thing. Um, yeah, and basically I was like, I want to get a camera that's like, when you take a picture, it's like blurry in the background. You know, like that was kind of my, I was like, that's <laughs> what I want. Yeah. Like that's how little I knew about photography wow. like so nine you, months ago. You just ago. jumped in with the hardware. Well, well, I did a lot of research. Um, I was like, I, I want to get a nice camera. And a lot of people, everyone was raving about the uh, the Panasonic, the GX1, right? Which was kind of uh, like a, it was a big deal in the Micro Four Thirds. It was like this really cool camera that Panasonic had made. And it was a really good price. And Annie Anako got one, and he loved it. Ben Brooks got one. He loved it. A lot of these people were getting them. And, uh, and so I was kind of like holding out for as long as I could because I was like, I've already kind of held out for a while. Um if I hold out a little bit longer, I bet lots of new stuff's going to come out. So I just kind of kept waiting. Uh, and so then I decided, okay, I'm going to get one. I had a budget. I, you know, I was like, I've got a thousand bucks I'm going to spend on uh, a camera body and a lens. So what can I get? And I just, I didn't know what I was looking for, but I knew I wanted something kind of small and I knew that I wanted something that would take like really good pictures. And, you know, for me, the, the really good pictures was like, it's kind of blurry in the background. It looks cool. Uh, yeah, which I mean is the you know depth of field and the bokeh is kind of like the, the the proper terminology for that stuff now, um, but I, I had no clue. So um, so I was I would bug Ben and then just like I read a ton of stuff. I read uh, Steve Huff, his photography website is just fantastic. That guy is uh, I love his work because he's super super passionate about it, but also knows what he's talking about. But he's really low key and just fun. And uh, you know for him he's just he's always out shooting, just having a good time. And, uh, and like that comes through in his writing. So, uh, which was really, that's kind of where I wanted to go with, with my stuff is just, you know, be out, have fun, do these kind of real life pictures. And that's exactly what he does. Like all of his, his, uh, example shots are, you know, they were at the, the fair, they went to the park or they're of his dog in the kitchen again, you know, and it's, it's <laughs> the same, but there's all these comparisons and things like that. So I started learning kind of about, you know, prime lenses and you want a fast lens that has this you know, uh, you know, a, a, a lower aperture number. So like, a you know, around two or the, the, the lens that I have, the Panasonic, it's a 1.7 aperture. And so, uh, you know, and then that means that you, you know, it's going to be fast and you're going to get that blurry stuff before and after kind of where the focal point is. And that's the, what the depth of field is and things like that. Um, I just, I just read it. I was just reading and reading and reading and immersing myself and, and reading product stuff and spec stuff. And I wasn't trying to learn any particular 
topic or subject or obviously photography, but there wasn't like, I wasn't like, okay, I need to learn what, you know, aperture is. You know, I mean, I, I, I would read like the wiki page on it and I didn't quite get it, but I just read all these photography reviews and just slowly began becoming familiar with the terms and things like that. And then when I actually got the camera and began using it, I began understanding how the terms actually relate to the, the camera itself and, you know, things about the shutter speed and, and the, you know, how all this, all that stuff. And I'm, I'm still, still totally an amateur, but I'm not like a novice anymore. I'm, I'm novice plus one. Um, so kind of, kind of wrapping up, I thought maybe we could, we could look forward. Um, Samsung, uh, famous for bolting any two pieces of technology together <laughs> for no reason. Um, they, they've that's, had a couple that's the products. the thing I've heard all day. <laughs> <laughs> they, they've uh, I'll butter your rolls. Uh, they've come. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> come out with the Galaxy S4 Zoom, uh, which actually launches uh, tomorrow in the um, the fair state of Britain. And basically, this is a um, yeah, this is this particular example is a 16 megapixel point and shoot camera with an Android phone slapped on the back. So you get Instagram and vine and whatever other android photo apps there are and so it's kind of bridging the gap between like a camera that can take better photos than a smartphone but you still get the ability to like play and share your photos very easily like i know i'll take a picture of my olympus but it's never going to end up on instagram because like i'd have to like sync it over to my phone and then that's kind of like cheating on instagram and i feel like there's a disconnect between like my real photos and my iphone photos and this is trying to bridge that gap that's something that interests you guys at all it does a lot. Actually, that's my probably like what I feel is like the biggest gap for me is is it it, it really does feel like my my Olympus and my iPhone are two different worlds, right? Like I don't know, like they're just completely they're they're separate from each other. And um, you know, so I love taking pictures with my iPhone. I've got the the Ala clip, the you know the little lens that you like clip on the corner there, and it, it's an extra you know you, you, whatever you can put in the shows. Um, and so like, I, I like taking pictures with my iPhone, but then they, they go on Instagram and that's usually it. Right. But I get so much the feedback on Instagram and I feel like there's a lot more like closure. I don't know. I don't know. See if you ever feel this, but like you, you take a picture and I kind of want some closure with it. I want, I want other people to enjoy that picture. Yeah. Uh, and, and I want to, I want us to like enjoy it together. And so right. I, I get a lot of that, you know, when I'll sh- go through the camera roll with my wife and we're looking at pictures, you know, from Noah's birthday or whatever. And, oh, this was so cute and whatever. And there's like a closure there that you feel, um, you kind of feel satisfied. Like, yes, like it's a good picture. I'm really proud of it. And someone else uh, also enjoyed it and got pleasure from it. And there's a, like a satisfaction with that. And you can get that all day long with Instagram. Because you're, you've got a, it's really active. Uh, you know, if you've even got a few people that follow you, you're, you're going to get these likes on your pictures, and people are going to comment on it. It's and like so Flickr a, was. It's like Flickr was three years ago. <laughs> it, no, it really is. It's like what Flickr <laughs> used to be. It's and what so Flickr now, should be. So now, what I've kind of begun doing is like I'll, I'll take my my pictures from the, the Olympus. I put them on Flickr, and then I'll like tweet about it, and I'll tweet about a set, and then I'll tweet about this one and and that one, and I'll kind of make comments. And I'll basically just try to drive some traffic to my Flickr account and hope that like someone will leave a comment or someone will reply to my tweet about the photo and kind of like get the closure that way. But it's never, and it's interesting, like it, 
it's just not as satisfying as Instagram is in terms of sharing something, you know, sharing this moment, sharing a photograph, this piece of art, whatever it may be with people and like you're enjoying it and you want them to enjoy it and then you kind of enjoy it together. You know, and I mean, that sounds kind of cheesy, but um, and that's kind of how I feel. So I would love some way to have a like a better community or some sort of better feedback loop with the pictures that I'm taking with the Olympus. Because those are like my favorite shots. Those are the best shots that I'm doing. But then they just kind of go to die on Flickr, which is which is kind of depressing. So Yeah, it's, it's what, a whole topic. <laughs> like if, if like, I don't know, let's say that it was possible for even Olympus to like, to bolt this functionality into the camera that you have or one very similar, would you be, would you throw money at that basically? Maybe. Or, um, like Lightroom to Instagram. Yeah, might, mm-hmm. okay. might be something. Um, you know, because I, I, I still like the idea. Well, I guess if there was, uh, you know, if there was an Instagram app on my Olympus camera and I could open it up, yeah, I could apply the cheesy filters. Um, or even the camera itself actually comes with a few cheesy filters of its own. Um, and you can. Uh, you know, so maybe, you know, do something like that. Cause you know, I like to tweak it and, you know, kind of monkey with it a little bit before uploading it. Um, or it just feels like you, you, you didn't really care. Oh, you just took the picture and then upload. What? You didn't, you didn't like apply, you know, some filter X pro Two. I can't believe it. Mayfair. I'm all about Mayfair. That's my favorite filter. I mean, for me, like I would love that. Like I've been really interested in these Android cameras. Um, for that reason like because they have apps so I could like just take the photos and automatically put them in Dropbox so then I can just get them on my computer like I don't need to connect anything um but then the problem is like a bunch like the actual camera itself is get the previous versions anyway were like panned by reviewers and just said that the the quality of the images was terrible so that Mm -hmm. obviously is a problem (laughs) but you know it's the camera, like this, this Galaxy S4 camera, is like four hundred pounds, so it's like half the price of the Olympus. So that that's kind of where you'd expect it to sit. Like four hundred pounds is like regular point and good point and shoot money in the UK. So mm. if like for me personally, if it was really good, um, like if if it was a a, a actual good um, camera, I would be really really tempted with something like this. Like just maybe just to tether it to my phone. And then I can just upload photos, and I can post them straight to Flickr or to Instagram and stuff like that. That would be really—I would really like that a lot. There's like awkward workarounds where you can, um, well, and I haven't—I haven't gotten this far to set this up yet. But you've, if you've got like one of the iFi cards, it like creates a little wireless network, and yeah. you can join that, and then like the photos sync. Um, so you could like send them to Dropbox, and then Dropbox you could open it from your phone, and then from your phone you could put it in. So, like, you could technically do it without ever having to pull out the SD card and put in your computer and then save the pictures. But it's still not, um, you know, as easy or as seamless as, you know, I open up the app on my camera or on my phone, snap the picture, put it in Instagram, pick pick a cool filter, upload it, boom, and now, you know, I, I tap the, yeah, I share this on Twitter, and, and now it's out there. Um, it's still not quite as seamless. So it's kind of interesting to see, like, this, this juxtaposition between like the really high quality stuff and then the stuff that you're actually sharing and you're getting feedback. And, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of tough that like that 
I feel like in, at least with photography, my best work is being seen by the fewest people and my most, you know, fly by night work and, and just the, the goofy stuff is being seen by the most people. And that's just getting the most feedback and the most recognition. And it seems like it should be the other way around. Yeah. Cool. Well, Sean, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I, I mean, for those that are listening, it's not an awkward stop. I have to go. Yeah, we're going to keep going. So. Yeah, you guys are going to keep going. But yeah, have we're, we're going to let you run. But Sean, just tell people where they can go to find you. Uh, my house. No, just kidding. Uh, I am <laughs> in Missouri. If, if, you show, if you show up here, I will answer the door with a bat. Um, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Because I have a black belt, so I just use my hands. Uh, you can find me at SeanBlanc.net. What's so fun? Did I it's is just, it an inside joke? No, just I just the picture of you like cry chopping somebody in your front porch is hilarious to me. Or um, also the bat. I enjoyed that part too. And you're yeah. also on Twitter, of course. You are Sean Blanc. I am, and I'm on, on Flickr. Right? It feels like we should we should mention you know Flickr here. It's already in the show notes, my friend. Sean Blanc everywhere. I, I'm Sean Blanc everywhere, everywhere, including in real life, in, especially you know, away from life. away from the computer, especially in real life. Cool. Thank, thanks a lot, Sean. Yeah, thank you guys. Enjoy the rest of your show. Thank you. All right. So, Michael, mm-hmm. since uh, Federico's not here, it would be difficult to do tips with Tichi. I could put on an accent. Oh, can I hear your Italian accent? No, it's not ready yet. No, no, you have to try it. It's not ready yet. Not, not uh, ready. So we thought we would do app picks. Weekly picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like to go first? I would love to. So I w- the app that I want to talk about is not a new app by any stretch of the imagination, but I feel like it's one of those applications that um, a lot of people maybe don't know about. So okay, okay. Can I address that yes. real quick? Before we get into your pick, which is a great pick, uh, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on people who do app picks in their podcast to always have something new. And for me, it's not about that. My pick is also has been around for years, literally years. Uh, but it's about things that like we use and make our lives better. And so you're not always going to hear about the newest hairstyling game like you did on episode one. The best hairstyling game. Hmm. So what was your pick? Bird Brain. Do you, do you use Bird Brain? Um, no. Bird Brain is a Twitter statistics application. So you load it up for the first time and it takes your it takes a look at your like um followers who you're following um how many times you've tweeted the mentions you've received the how many retweets you've had and all of that sort of stuff and so it takes stock of them and i've been using this app for many years for like over two years (laughs) so because i bought eternity (laughs) and i check it 25 times a day um so basically, I just oh find... Oh my God, who is following me? I just find it, personally, I like to know how many followers I have on Twitter, okay? Okay, because, okay, devil's advocate. Yeah. You can do like 90% of what you just said in TweetBot. Why Why do you need this? Oh, I mean, honest question. Um, for me, it tracks trends. <laughs> so I can oh, see oh <laughs> like over the last seven days how many people followed and unfollowed me. Right. So if you if you so for instance, 
I live tweeted watching Back to the Future like a year ago, and I lost a lot of followers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But this app could tell me that. Yeah. But I I just like... I like it so I can see how many people are following me. Who does it, they are. Is it stretched to the iPhone five? Yeah, it does. Their app, their, their website is so old. Well, it's like an iPhone like three G yeah. as their screenshot. It, it they only updated it very recently, but it also shows me who has unfollowed me. Um, I don't know. It's it is very like you know navel gazing, but that's what, I mean. It tells me that over the last year i have had 2466 people start to follow me and 839 people unfollow me (laughs) downward spiral there i'm still chasing you by the way yeah so i don't know know how many i have because i'm not let's see the place that i go to find out how how close we are to each other the prompt page yeah it's the prompt page because it has the number and I, we, Federico has 10 times. I try not to look at Federico's Twitter. He, he's, Twitter he followers. is literally a superstar. So I, as of recording, have 2,785 followers and you have 2,858. Stephen, it doesn't matter what happens in my life. Stephen is about, is, has, has been for many months and is always about 70 or 80 people in front of me. Like I, for example, like I might wake up one day and I've had like 20 or 30 new followers overnight. But yeah, and so have you. Yeah, drives me insane. I'm like, yes, finally. I see a bump. I see a bump every time we release an episode. Yeah, because because our listeners are awesome. And if you want to hear us or see us, read us, make silly comments on Twitter. If you keep listening for a couple more minutes, we'll tell you how to do that. Federico has twenty three and a half thousand followers. Jeez, we can't compete with that guy. So I'm friends with him on Facebook, and it's all in Italian. Like yeah. I have no idea what's happening. I don't know. <laughs> I never. Know. Sometimes I just like statuses because <laughs> you're like, you'd be like, my cat died. They look thumbs nice. up, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> uh, my pick is an. It's a dashboard widget, <laughs> which apparently dashboard is still a thing, even in uh, OS ten Mavericks, um, and it is called Delivery Status, and uh, it's a widget, and it's a website and a cloud service, and an iPhone app, and an iPad app, and basically what this does, uh, you give it your tracking, your like shipping tracking number. So uh, when I or something from Amazon, you know, you get your email saying, hey, you know, your order has been placed. And then at least for me, usually it's only a couple hours later because I'm actually like three hours away from their largest distribution place uh, in this part of the country. Uh, I'll get the shipping number like from UPS or FedEx or whatever. And you can copy that and paste it into the delivery status, give it a name. So like instead of like F42615HJL173, it says new jump drive. Um and that syncs with their website and with their iOS app. And the iOS app, uh, you can set up push notifications. So you can see, like, like Amazon especially and Apple will give you a, like as soon as they print the label, you get an email with the, the little number. But it hasn't actually been shipped yet. It's waiting to be shipped at their warehouse or whatever. And um, so it, it, it will update any time that you... Um, uh, that you 
your package gets touched. So, you know, preparing. <laughs> Sorry. That's business right there. <laughs> Did you know that you can put widgets into folders like you can on Launchpad? I had no idea. Uh, I think uh, you're the only person to open Dashboard in 2013. Uh, widgets. I'm going to do a screenshot of this for the notes. Uh, so anyway, it's really helpful if you track. It, like I use it for like if we order stuff at work, like all sorts of things. Um, it'll tell you when it's delivered. Um, the iPhone app even got an update some point where you can scan like if you ship something and you it's like printed on your receipt you can scan it so you don't have to type in the 25 digit number or whatever just like really one of those simple things that like a perfect example of like why i really like like small ios apps that only do one thing like it's just simple really clean really fast um i don't know the widget's free i think the iphone app might be a couple bucks i should um i should probably know that since it's my pick my favorite well i didn't even say how much bird brain costs because i don't know but you do have to pay for it. It's a couple of dollars. My favorite thing about the deliveries app on iOS is if you copy a shipping number to your clipboard, it recognizes it and just allows you to add it straight away. I like that a lot. I think that's really cool. It is cool. And it's just, it's, you know, I really enjoy iOS apps that have those little touches. Like, yes, yeah, like tapping in the field and hitting paste takes two seconds. Um, but it uh, it just makes it you know a little bit nicer, a little bit faster. I think that's that's good. Um, so I have a. Will you permit me to tell a silly story about yes about I'm the developers? At, yes, I'm looking at the pricing. It's four ninety nine mm-hmm. for the universal iOS app. So it runs on iPhone and iPad, and the iPad app has a, a different view that's got like a map on it and stuff, so you can like see where your stuff is. Sweet. Well, well worth the five bucks. So um, we were. At one of the parties that we were at, um, at WWDC, um, the developers were there. The June Cloud guys were there. And uh, Moises introduced me to them. And he was like, Mike, these this is the developers at June Cloud. And I'm like, who? <laughs> and they're standing right there. And I'm like, I said to him, who? And they, they, they said to me, June Cloud. And I was like, who is that Moises? And they're like just standing there the whole time. And then they're like, delivery. So I'm like, oh, I love your app. It's just an embarrassing moment for everyone involved, I think. Especially Moises. <laughs> That's yeah. my story. Okay. I'm done. Is that it? Just drop the mic and walk away? Well, it's mounted to a desk within a very expensive arm. So push, I'm not going to drop it. Push it over. I'm going sw- to swing it away. <laughs> People can p- apparently find us on the internet. Could you you want to tell them how to do that? Yep. You write at 512pixels.net. Um, Federico's not here, but he writes at maxstories.net. Um, Stephen on Twitter and at .net and places like that. You are ismh at ismh. Um, Federico is at Vatici. Sean, at, you know, he's at Sean Blanc. So thanks again to Sean for joining us. And I am on all those places. I am, are you? Yep, I am. Are I you might. okay? It's like you're trying to catch your breath. Uh, no, I. Uh, yeah, I did. Well, I had some gas, so I had to deal with that. But <laughs> I'm drinking a coke, so you know uh-huh. that such is life. Such is the way of a podcaster, right? I am. I Mike. I M Y K E. It's quarter to midnight, Stephen. You should go to bed. 
I need to edit the show. Have fun with that. I'm going to. Thanks so much for listening to episode four of The Prompt. We'll be back next week. Federico will hopefully be back in one piece from his special business. Um, thanks again for listening. Until next time, say goodbye, Stephen. Goodbye, Stephen. Yeah.